on this episode of African Retooled. My key findings were interesting then, yeah. you know. Circulation is going to drop. That was number one. So without going into the numbers, the idea was that print circulation is going to like go down. Uh, we can use the word plummet. We can use the word decrease and stuff. Mm-hmm. So what we're saying now with COVID is that it's been hastened. So yeah, the rise of digital that, yeah, you're going to access your news on Twitter, Facebook, you know, what, what, are, what are some of the things that are coming out? Mm-hmm. Um, television, like mm. what's going to happen to TV? Do you have the tools to face the future? Welcome to African Retooled. A podcast where Chris and Martin, two African recruiters, will explore the changing world of work. Where students come to learn and gain insights into the world of work. Discover how they can continue to tool themselves with skills of the future, where managers will explore with us how to confidently navigate the complexities of future work in order to be key disruption agents and remain competitive. Where CEOs, business owners come to understand the evolution of work, allowing them to leverage on emerging roles and remain competitive and achieve their objectives. So bonjour à tous and welcome to another episode of African Retool. We are truly excited to have this episode once again. We've received amazing reviews. Everyone seems really excited about the conversations we're having. Martin, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. Karibuni mabibi na mabwana. I'll take this chance also to use Swahili, which is the Kenyan <laughs> French. <laughs> Indeed, it is the Kenyan French. So I think um, we, we we remain cognizant of the tough times that are indeed part of our lives today. Yes. Um, when we had the Ten Commandments, but mm-hmm. now we have additional ones. There is a stay home, mm-hmm. stay safe, <laughs> wash your hands. Wash your hands. Come I mean, I, I, I'm sure because you're, you're, you're focused on the, the present rules, you've forgotten the Ten Commandments. I'm sure. That's true. That's true. No, but uh, yeah. So it's it's a tough time. I mean, I, reading the reports globally, this this disease is problematic. Yeah. So today we are jumping into a very very interesting conversation. An yes. area I feel we might have covered before, and we talked about public relations, but um, the area of the media and and really the outlook for the media mm-hmm. is one I think that is extremely sensitive, especially oh, yes. because. What's going on with the media in this space, uh, in this time, is is really sad. Especially in the Kenyan context, three hundred journalists have lost their jobs in the past year. It's it's been a huge number, and it's from across the the media houses. Yeah. Um. So it's not just saying that one was. You know, there was already a shift in how media houses were doing business. So it did cause some restructuring. Mm. But in the past uh, three to four months, we've seen drastic losses of jobs, yeah. drastic cuts in uh, salaries. And it's not just in Kenya. Mm. If you look at, at West Africa, at Central Africa, at South Africa, mm. uh, they've, they've had to impose uh, new rules for journalists, uh, new legislations that have sort of curtailed how journalism is done and how journalists are able to report news. Right. And it has affected the media industry in a very interesting and sad way yeah. at the same time. I think we felt it was necessary then to tackle this discussion and see what insights we can glean from experts in the industry mm. to kind of give hope to media owners and to even journalists out there on what then they should be able to do yeah. to keep themselves relevant, to navigate these tough times. And exactly. so to do that, um, we reached out to a friend I've known uh, this friend for a very long time. Yeah. But mm-hmm. his 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 story begins from a university where he was um a very 
serious MC where I, I knew him from. Mm-hmm. But he then uh, joined an organization I used to work for, Career Connections, where mm-hmm. we were doing a lot of uh, headhunting. Um, so he started in HR. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he then uh, stayed there, learned, learned the trade, but then transitioned to another multinational, General Electric, where he was still in HR. Was he following you? <laughs> <laughs> so I joined GE much later. So it looks like I was, you following, were following, his, I was following his path. Okay. So he then uh, transitioned from GE. And this is where it gets interesting. Mm-hmm. He he jumped into journalism. And that's where the rest of Kenya got to know him. Yeah. As well. And uh, so he jumped into journalism and joined not just any organization. He joined CNBC. Mm-hmm. And uh, he then worked there. And obviously, as soon as he hit journalism, he was hot kick. Best TV business news reporter in 2015. Mm-hmm. And by the Media Council of Kenya. I mean, he definitely had struck gold mm. in this career mm-hmm. and so he then transitioned from cnbc and joined nation media he worked there for five years during his stint at nation he went to the university of oxford and what mm-hmm. was he doing there he went there for fellowship right. um so he became a wincott fellow right that that was with the reuters institute right, right and that was that was then domiciled at oxford university exactly and i think the organization he worked for the time nation media sent him there to to understand what media of the future uh, was going to look like exactly yeah and that and was which, in 2016 2016 mm. so we're, we're hoping to learn a lot from him today on what he found when he was in the uk exactly um he then came back to the country and soon after this get this again this guy he, i mean he just keeps reinventing himself mm-hmm. he took up a job with government mm-hmm. and today he's a deputy communications director at uh, the president's delivery unit so he works for the president mm. So this guy, friend of ours, yes. is, is working at the highest highest office of the land mm-hmm, in Kenya. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, we're fortunate to have him with us today. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for, for Laban Onsei. How are you doing? Man? Then you're supposed to have welcomed yourself now. Oh, okay. Ah, <laughs> Oh, sorry. No, it's okay. That was, that was your entrance. Carry on. So, yeah. yeah, so how are you, man? Thank you very much, Martin. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me here. Yeah. Martin, Chris. Yeah, thank Good you. to see you again. Absolutely. Laban, it's been too long. I don't think I've seen you <laughs> in a very long time. True, yeah. But uh, it's nice to have government here on the podcast. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that mm-hmm. we, can, uh, we can hear the, the, the government's position on matter. In fact, we feel safe. We should also record this podcast at 10 p.m. So the government can take us home safely. <laughs> Oh, please, no, we'll make sure we're we we taking cognizant where we are at in this yes, crisis. That but, is true. Um, that is here true. we are, and I'm happy, crazy time to be here. Yeah. Uh, I had you, Martin, on the intro. If you asked Chris if he was following me or I was following him. Yes. Do you want to tell the v- <laughs> listeners, Chris, that you are actually following me to General Electric? No, I'm saying, yeah. yeah. I mean, you, I, it looks like I was following your career. <laughs> so my, my, my next foray is into journalism, Martin. Okay. I think so. I'm and sorry, you're I'm the right place. I, I, can I, too. I might have to leave you. You're not leaving me. <laughs> We are going to journalism together. We are here oh, now. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But good memories, Media. good memories. Absolutely. And uh, what we were just saying earlier is that uh, the world is indeed a very small, mm. you know, it's quite small. Yes. And uh, it's funny how, you know, we worked together at Career Connections yes. and then you went to GE at the time yes, I left yes, for CNBC. Yes, yes, and yes, yes. then years later, I meet this great guy, Martin, and I found out he's your brother. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. It's so yeah. This is it. Absolutely. <laughs> so now people on the show now know Martin's my brother. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's fine. That's a nice way to announce it, right? No, we people knew already. The but I'm also your bro. Oh. I mean, come on, the, guys. But no, the government has given a position. The government has given a position. 
it has been said out there. Thanks so much, government. Yeah. Anyway, so Laban, I think the reason we reached out um, is really because um, we were saying earlier on the show that um, the media has taken a hitting, a, b- a battering, if you like. Wow, um, that's bad. Yeah, yeah and, and um, we wanted to hear from someone who's been there on what media can do to actually stay afloat and continue to survive in the future. Um, what we've seen is a lot of media houses locally have sent people home. A lot of journalists are probably wondering what next. Mm-hmm. Business owners are wondering what, what business models to adopt. Mm-hmm. It's just a confused place for people and compound that with COVID yeah. mm-hmm. and, and what's going on. So this is, this is what we were hoping we could discuss with you today. But over and above that, how are you doing? Uh, well, I'm doing well and uh, mm. doing fine. I hope uh, that um, the future would not look as bleak as 2020 is looking. Mm. To be honest, we had great plans for the year. We had, uh, you know, like what we want to do, especially at the President's Delivery Unit. Mm. Uh, I could just speak about where I'm at right now. Right. Um, as a communications director, our target is really to shape the narrative of the President and see how we can tell Kenyans about the Big Four agenda and especially the Critical projects, uh, of course, that the president has been following. So, of course, we had a great campaign um, launched out. It's not stopped, but it's mm. just that we had to stall it yeah. uh, pretty much. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, uh, but on the other side, there's been like silver lining. I uh, became a father to two oh lovely goodness. boys. How could we forget? <laughs> <laughs> congratulations. Yes, congratulations. Thank you very That's much. Uh, so, um, I, I, I can't say a blessing, maybe a blessing in disguise. So, perhaps, you know, working from home yeah. has given me more time to mm. parent. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, be there with my wife as well. Right. She runs Helter Skelter. Mm. And of course, having sleepless nights. Wow. Uh, <laughs> you know, I was actually saying that <laughs> there should have been someone sitting down now to do a longitudinal study uh-huh. and look at the effect of having the fathers, especially. Yes, at home. Involved longer <laughs> with their kids. True, true. So, so this yeah. could be a case for paternity leave to yeah. be longer than two weeks. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, and see how, how, that, how that works. Yeah. I think it's, quite, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a positive story out there because mm. I know most people, when you call them and say, okay, I'm at home, can we do a conference call? because you know, mm. people are not visiting each other at home. Yeah. Exactly. But uh, also, I mean, just seeing how uh, this will go, I think it will be a great story to tell them when they grow up and yeah. like, hey, by the way, when you, the year that you guys were born, yeah. mm. <laughs> it's the year that we were perhaps um, a lot more at home. Yeah. So um, pretty much uh, been well um, and uh, hopeful that all be good. On the other side, as you put it, Chris, uh, of course, as a journalist, I still consider myself a journalist because mm. I think I am where I'm at because of my past uh, career and roles. Mm. I feel for the journalists who've actually lost their jobs, um, especially in the recent past, mm. uh, based on what has been happening. Mm. Um, I know loosely out there, we've used the term, it's been a bloodbath, you know, mm. uh, because, I mean, these were your employers before. And right now it's like, hey, it's a crisis and things are a bit thick on our side. And um, we've had to let go a few of our key talent, you know, yeah. and it's quite unfortunate. Yeah. And I was so happy with what you guys are doing, man, with the future of work. So question <laughs> is, what's the future of media? Absolutely. That you is know? the question. That's a big question. Yes, you know? yes, yeah. yes, yeah. yes. Speaking about that and, and going back to 2016, when you, you went um, to do your fellowship at Oxford, you raised certain questions in there that were very pertinent. So I'd like to speak a little bit about your thesis. Mm-hmm. Why did you pick the topic you picked then? 
it's like when I was reading the paper, mm-hmm. it was almost like a prophetic mm-hmm. piece I was reading. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what, wow. What, Thanks, was coming, what was coming to pass. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, just just give us the, your motivations behind the topic um, that, that you chose. Thank you, Martin. I really appreciate it. And thanks to the Reuters uh, Institute for the Study of Journalism as a Wincott Fellow, because the Wincott Foundation was my sponsors. And the paper was also co-written by James Painter, who's my mm. professor at the Reuters Institute. So mm-hmm. kudos to him as well, if you found the quality quite pleasing. Yeah. The Reuters Institute delves deeper and researches on the digital news, like what's the future of media? Mm. Where are we headed? And of course, I went there thanks to Secondment by the Nation Media Group. I remember the time the editor-in-chief, Tom Shindy, um, just said, hey, just take a three-month break and go to London. I mean, go to Oxford, actually. And, uh, you know, just see what as Nation Media Group we can do to, you know, improve our journalism and stuff. Mm. Wow, it was life transforming, I must mm-hmm. say. Um, you meet journalists from across the world and these are top editors and uh, you basically have classes that are more or less uh, conference format mm-hmm. where you sit around with the news leaders and you question them. What exactly are they doing to keep their media houses afloat? Mm-hmm. Um, key among them, of course, is the Reuters. Um, now the Reuters Digital, you, you know, you know, as a newswire. Yeah. So, of course, we'd have a lot of support from Reuters, and which was pleasing to note that they were quite keen on saying, hey, we are willing to use your research as well, even for us to improve our content. Google, Facebook. Um, we had Sky, we had BBC always. I mean, would visit the BBC. I personally had an internship, or shall I say just a short stint, because, you know, the fellowship was only locked for three months. So I was at the Financial Times, mm-hmm. you know, and the Financial Times, everyone knows the pink paper in London. Mm-hmm. So you enjoy reading the Financial Times. It's all about business news. Mm. And here in Kenya, we had the Business Daily. Mm-hmm. So I kind of drew the passion to see what the Financial Times is doing and what we can actually uh, do to help the Business Daily as well stay afloat, you know, and and keep up with the numbers. So mm-hmm. my key findings were interesting. Then mm-hmm. I, <laughs> my key findings were interesting. It was like, what's the future of media? Yeah. You know, circulation is going to drop. I was number one. Uh, the two listed firms, the two listed media houses in the country, of course, started in were founded on the premise of print. Mm-hmm. And print, I mean, the Daily Nation and mm-hmm. the Standard. So without going into the numbers, the idea was that print circulation is going to like go down. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can use the word plummet. We can use the word decrease and stuff. Mm-hmm. So what we're saying now with COVID is that it's been hastened. So, yeah, the rise of digital that, yeah, you're going to access your news on Twitter, Facebook, you know, what, what, are, what are some of the things that are coming out? Mm-hmm. Um, television, like mm-hmm. what's going to happen to TV? Mm-hmm. You know, can we, um, are people going to sit and wait for nine o'clock news for them to watch news perhaps? Mm-hmm. Maybe you guys can tell me, do you? Of course not. No, nope, I mean, and it's, it's sad that news is on demand, right? Right. That's well, so that really makes me sad. feel so bad. So I that means you weren't right. watching me on business news. <laughs> no, you don't wait. You don't wait. You don't wait. No, we don't wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you pick up your news from number one. You hear something has happened. Yeah. Then you go and search for it. Yeah. And if it's not there, then we wait. <laughs> no, I mean the, the fact is yeah, news but, okay. news is is happening mm-hmm. on the ground, mm-hmm. and the people are the journalists. Yeah. Mm. The people have their mobile phones, yeah. and those are the journalists. Yeah. So you, the media house, will pick it up much later. True, yeah, and expound on it. True. But if you're asking the question, I will not wait for nine o'clock news. Oh man! And let me tell you, when you're sitting there as a news anchor with a, by the way, it's it's, it's I love my job. Yeah, uh, and I still do. So when you have like a, you know, the the producer has to count it down: five, four, 
three, two, one, you're on air. Yeah. There's a buzz that goes into you, you know? And mm. and personally, as a rally co-driver, I enjoy that. I enjoy that adrenaline. I enjoy that action and, you know, like you're live on TV. Mm. But let me tell you, when you're behind those lights, it doesn't occur to you that most of your friends like Chris and Martin are asleep and they're not watching. <laughs> <laughs> so you just feel like everyone has been there, yeah. perhaps not even had dinner and yeah. they're waiting to watch you, you know? Yeah. I mean, there are still people watching, so just take heart. No, no, no. I, I took heart when my grandmother would call me at 11 o'clock yeah. just when I was having my supper because clearly yeah. I would have my dinner yeah. pretty late. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my grandma, my, maybe my, my, my auntie, Nakuru, mm. I say, hey, we watched you. Yes, Actually, yes. they might not know exactly what I said, yes. but they just said your color, your tire was this color, yeah. your, you know. Yeah, yeah. But here's the thing: um, journalists weren't told these numbers. Journalists weren't told that perhaps the numbers weren't looking good. Mm. There's always that feeling of, you know, I'm on air, everything is fine, mm. you know, mm. everything is good. But when I went to Reuters and I went to Oxford, it's a deep dive because number one, you took a break from the cameras, right. which mm. is always good to do. Yeah. And then of course, speaking to any journalist who's right now as an anchor, this is what I'll tell them. Like, take a break. I mean, take a break. Reflect. Mm. What are the numbers? Are people actually watching me? Mm. What is the feedback? Be it positive or negative. Forget mm. about, you know, being a celebrity. You're not, you're not on air to be a celebrity. Mm. You're on air to actually relay the news. Right. You know? And when it becomes more about you than the news, then that's where we feel. Mm. So in, in in Oxford, I actually took the time for the numbers. Who are, who are the guys who are watching? What are they watching? What is the content? What do they need? Now, business journalism became my pet project mm -hmm. because business journalism is quite new. Mm -hmm. It's not quite uh, well researched on, I would say. Mm -hmm. And of course, Business Daily were among the first to start that up. Um, we also tried to launch Top in Business, which Top in Business meant like it is a convergence project where we had the podcast, we had bites, we had a show and we had a live show. So trying to create one product where you have very many channels, facets under it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, Oxford was great. And then at Oxford, I met the International Journalism Festival um, curators. These were basically the founders. Now, this is like the Oscars of journalism, man. Mm -hmm. You fly into Italy and you sit in with the, the who's and who's, basically now the media owners, mm -hmm. and they tell you what's bugging them. Mm. And they tell you, this is what's happening. Mm. Now, sadly, I know this part of the world, we do not have such a place to discuss. Mm. Earlier today, I had a conversation with the um, CEO of the Standard Media Group, uh, Mr. Orlando Lomuhatisi, regarding the future of media. First, I believe media landscape. When you look ahead, there's nothing but dark clouds and raging seas, in my opinion, because um, at one point, we were talking about the technology disruption and that's what everyone was trying to sort of prepare for fight to sort of uh, manage that disruption but then the pandemic has hit us and with the pandemic all the underlying frailties all the weaknesses the soft underbellies have all been exposed and we've all of a sudden discovered that our business uh, strategies are not so strong understand because for instance a lot of media organizations have relied on uh, print as a mainstay unfortunately failure to listen to steve jobs the late steve jobs who said disrupt yourself most of us have been unwilling to disrupt ourselves because this is your cash cow this is where your money is coming from so you can't imagine how you are going to tinker with your cash cow but come the pandemic and people started saying newspapers can spread the virus and all of a sudden, 
your readership goes down 50%. You haven't prepared for that, you have not set up other alternatives, and the stark reality of where you are headed hits you. Uh, now, when you look at the broader uh, media environment, I think media industry has never been one to focus on efficiency. Uh, if you look at how we operate, we operate on the basis of pride and ownership. Uh, we all have our own printing presses, and we are happy to say this is mine. We all want to send vehicles up country at very unacceptable capacity loads. But because I'm in control of myself, you find that capacity to be okay. I mean, when you send a vehicle with a 25-30% capacity, which means 70% of what you're transporting is air, it doesn't make business sense. So I think the future of media is such that there might be a few collapses and I don't want to be the harbinger of doom, but the environment is not going to be forgiving for any media house that has not created uh, a diversification that can ride out this period. So the alternative to media collapses is a combination, mergers and acquisitions. Uh, people come together, they get synergies out of it. Uh, remember, post the pandemic, I don't think we'll go back to the old normal. There might be a new normal. Who knows what the new normal will be? Consumer habits might have shifted, some permanently. How do we play into these new habits? So there are many issues, but I think for me, the landscape is one that will be very chaotic. Yeah. And I, I, this is going to be, in my opinion, a space not just for innovation, but for serious solution orientation. You know, if we're not solving problems, yeah. we are out of the business. So just as you've had, in peace indeed about mindset. Media houses I feel here are very siloed. It's competition. Mm. You know, this media house will invest in a printing press. X billion, this media house will invest in a printing press. Uh, you guys, there's something about synergies. There's mm -hmm. an opportunity to actually create one printing press where you guys can actually share resources and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm. So um, the International Journalism Festival was, again, a good opportunity to meet Facebook and Google. Guess what, mm. Chris and Martin? Facebook has a Facebook news project mm. where they give free resources to journalists to create content on their platform. They realize everyone has a, a Facebook account, but they, they don't have the content. So mm. they want journalists to actually do it because they've been struggling with fake news. Yes. Google has a Google News project mm -hmm. where they help journalists come up with opportunities and tools to do that. Now, has it been taken up? Not quite. So that's just a bit of the background and the mm. story. And to be honest, it's quite unfortunate that people have had to lose their jobs for something that perhaps we saw coming. And what I was discussing with my friends earlier today is that, uh, you know what, you know, you saw it coming, but you're like, uh, we still have time. No, mm. we still have time. Yeah. We still have time. Perhaps maybe more reason why I'm confident now to come out and say, you know what, guys, uh, let's do it. Let's call for those partnerships. Yeah. Mm. Facebook should partner with media houses, get into a revenue share agreement. Google should do the same. Uh, so what COVID has done, it has hastened it, mm. you know, and someone was saying it's like, it's, 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 it's actually drilled the nail a bit, you know, deeper. deeper. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Here we are. What is it that you feel would hinder the acceleration of this agenda? From an industry perspective, it's the need 
to operate in a siloed environment mm-hmm. where you feel it's us against them and stuff like that. And uh, looking at how media houses are not really trying to see how they can work together into shaping the future. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that will be number one, the partnerships around the industry. The industry is not talking. Mm. You know, I see sometimes when, uh, maybe take for instance the lawyers. The lawyers have the body, the LSK, and mm-hmm. perhaps most of them come together and say, don't hey, do we have lawyers, the media council and all these? We have the media council, which kind of is a... Uh, watchdog to the journalists mm-hmm. you know and, and and kind of make sure creating the guidelines but we need to have the media owners network I think they, they exist mm-hmm. the media owners network but they're not as vibrant as they would in terms of shaping the direction of the media fraternity mm-hmm. yeah. but I feel is an opportunity for media to innovate mm-hmm. you know it doesn't have to be print it doesn't have to be TV yes. you know it can be with events you yes. know and even events even with the government as much as you know there's that you know, finger pointing that, hey, we're struggling because of you or something Mm. like that. So before I ask a question regarding government, because there's an interesting angle there, the reason I ask the question around what is likely to be a hindrance is because just listening to some of the journalists who've been followed in the recent past, Mm -hmm. they feel, they're looking at the companies that they've worked for as the villain. Mm -hmm. Mm. And they're saying, why would you let us go? We were still making money. Mm. I was a, a top, um, I don't know what you guys call them. So the, there's this guy. The, Award-winning journalist. Yes. Uh-huh. I, I'm, I'm, the advertisers are still paying yeah. for my, my, my show. Yeah. Why did you send me home? So um, first of all, there's a disconnect between what the journalist knows and what the um, media owners and senior management mm. uh, know. Interesting. Mm. So the senior management perhaps would have also, does, they don't have a clear line of sight into what the aspects of, journalism innovation should take and mm. what areas it will do. It's more like an ass against them, mm. you know? Mm. So perhaps there's also a need to relook into the senior management's passion and vigor and energy to actually help these journalists innovate and innovate according to what it's known. So the business model, um, that needs to change. The mm. business model has to be communicated to the journalists mm. because, yes, you said the journalists look at the senior management as, uh, you know, you guys are bad, you actually... But the journalist doesn't know the numbers. Mm. The journalist doesn't follow the numbers. Yeah. It's always left upon the CEO. So when the CEO shows up for a tunnel meeting or they're meeting the journalist, they're like, they don't understand. Mm. Like, hey, circulation dropped by X percent. You know, you, as long as you created your story and put it out there, maybe you don't care. Yeah. But you leave it to your editor to just worry about, oh, are people listening to these? Are people watching? Mm. Are people, you know? Yeah. So there's that disconnect. Yeah. So I feel the future of media should be also tied into a lot more of the communication mm. to try and make sure that it's it's a one faceted approach. Yeah, I have a thing about culture, and uh, and I think Martin also done this as well when you're doing the team building and perhaps mm. trying to help organizations grow their teams. Right. I think what we notice is um, organizational culture. Like, how is it like to do things in that company? Mm. Because I kid you not, the uh, all media houses have like a an innovations team mm-hmm. to help them come up with new ideas. So guess what? They actually have these scripts. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, they have this uh, documents in terms of where we headed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have but is the implementation there? Mm-hmm. So there's no innovation culture. The implementation is on, is on, isn't there. Mm-hmm. And by the way, mm-hmm. if the implementation is there, is the appetite. Because mm-hmm. remember, these documents will not move themselves from the boardrooms to <laughs> action. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the people. Yeah. So is the culture there and is the appetite mm. to innovate, to try out something new there? But there's something you raised there and, and Chris also had alluded to it around um, just the culture in these media houses. 
and and speaking as a HR person, yeah, that your background was in, yeah, there's been a lot of uproar in how the process has it's has done. happened. The yeah. process was done. Yeah, might you have something to comment around that, given that you're from that background? Oh, lots, lots. <laughs> Where do I start from? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Chris, uh, you remember maybe uh, in our first uh, uh, employer. Uh, where you're actually doing, you know, a lot of psychometrics. I was particularly handling a lot on the on the recruitment side, which is more of head hunting. Right. And when we're in need of talent, organizations would call us to get talent. Mm. Funny enough, that's what Martin you're doing. Mm-hmm. You head hunt and get good talent, mm-hmm. and you know that good talent is priceless. Yes. And good talent comes at a cost. Yes. So why is it that when you're done with this good talent, or shall I say, the best in the market? you kick them out in the organization like they're not worthy before. Mm. You know? Of course, these journalists were not senior managers. They're not like C-suite mm. um, sort of clientele that mm. perhaps we dealt with. Mm. But here goes. Uh, when you're coming into an organization, uh, say, for instance, the multinationals that I was privileged to work for, there was a standard script into how the employee comes in on day one, mm. what to give the employee, who to introduce the employee to, there is the inaugural lunch, which is a must. Like you have to take them out for lunch with the, with the bosses as HR. Mm. Take them out for lunch, uh, give them their water bottle, for instance, or give them their notepads and, and stuff like that, show them their desk. And it, you have to make sure that all these things were ready by the time they showed up. Right. Okay. Then there is experience, what we call the onboarding. Mm-hmm. So there's an onboarding and then there is the employee experience while they're there. You know, are they okay? Do they have their, uh, you know, their salaries on time? Do they have their benefits on time? Do they have their medical cover on time? Stuff like that. Mm. Now comes the critical bit, offboarding, which to be honest, I don't think was handled well, mm. especially with the many media houses that have announced redundancies. Mm. We've all seen these issues play out in the press. People have found out they are fired from a simple SMS. Can you imagine? Like on your day one, you had a letter with the logo, with the letterhead and everything Mm. in Conqueror paper, really nicely printed. Mm -hmm. And like, dear Martin, welcome to your X company. (laughs) I don't know what your dream company is. You know, and and you you felt quite good, you know. Mm. And then now you are chased away like you were not worthy before. And some of these employees have worked with you for five, 10 years plus. Mm. The offboarding, to be honest, really needs to be looked at. Um, I really feel bad for the, um, the HR team. Maybe you can actually say that perhaps is they also caught off guard, mm. but I don't think it's an excuse for that matter. But I feel that it doesn't have to be only HR. Also, yeah. there's the line managers mm. who are to blame yeah. because the line managers should actually say, okay, this is a list of the people we're, we're letting go. Can we even just have a kick yeah. mm. to just celebrate yeah. their five, ten years? Yeah. It doesn't mean that even if you've worked for two years, you wouldn't you know, do that. But, but there's a way that you can actually do. Yeah. Now, here's a trick. Media houses, and especially these media personalities, are influencers. Some of them have like 50, 40,000, 100,000, 200,000, 300,000. I actually had a friend the other day, yes, last evening I was speaking to her. Um, she had 980,000 followers. She mm-hmm. was let go. And of course, she was doing an Instagram story. Hi, guys. I've been let go and stuff. Now, you imagine your brand is being viewed by all these other 900,000 people. They're saying, mm-hmm. oh, this brand is not, I mean, these are not good employers. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and it would be interesting to actually see the best employers survey for next year mm-hmm. and see how many media houses show up. 
because the perception remember it's not about what you do it's the perception what's the perception out there yeah. if i leave your company today i'm your brand ambassador mm. and i need to shout and sing your name across you yeah. know yeah. but uh, i don't think we witnessed that so i hope that you guys no i mean uh, you, in your own separate ways <laughs> you because you're in the space right no, now yeah. certainly and, we can't speak we can't speak for the media houses and it's a, it's a global issue yeah i think this is down to the hr practices mm-hmm. and we really hope that people can do better yeah. because like you said um you have a brand to to retain in spite of the current situation and True. and yeah. and when we go online um we will chase the news with the brands that we trust yeah mm-hmm. so if you tarnish the brand then your you as a media house are are actually sabotaging your business mm-hmm. long term yeah so i agree i agree with you totally and i th- i can only i cannot even apologize on their behalf it's just bad manners <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, we, but we hope that perhaps maybe uh later because we're gonna get out of this crisis right mm-hmm. we're gonna get out of this crisis yeah you know i want to be very comfortable and say that you know what if my sons grow up mm-hmm. you know i can actually send them to a media houses that i worked for right you know be it CNBC, uh, be it uh, ABN Digital, mm. be it Nation Media Group, yeah. you know, be it Standard Group, be it Royal Media, right. be it Media Max. Yes. You know, I'd want my son to go out there, but I'd always remember, oh, wait a minute, but if a crisis comes up, they will actually kick me like, and drop me like a hot potato. Mm. You know? So, mm. no, absolutely. But anyway, it's yeah. tough times, to be honest. Yeah. Tough times, yeah. but um, we, we can only speak from this side. Mm-hmm. We don't know what happened inside there. Of course, yeah. just cutting them some slack yeah. and also just wishing them the best because they also yeah. need a bit of grace yeah. as well because mm. I don't think, um, you know, signing a termination letter mm. is anyone's like... <laughs> the favorite thing to <laughs> do. Yeah, it's favorite not, thing yeah, to yeah, do. It's not. Yeah. This is African Retooled. Question around the recent um, fund, which the government of Kenya has um, just issued, about $1 million to support media houses that are currently in distress. I think it's a great initiative. The challenge is, what would you advise a media house that's looking at this money and thinking to themselves, on one hand, I do need to sustain, but on the other hand, I'm concerned about my objectivity, especially considering across Africa, we know the problem we've always had where governments are always trying to influence an agenda in a media house. And so you're concerned that if I take this money, it's almost like I'm signing a contract with the devil. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, I mean, I still do need to stay afloat. Yeah. What would you advise a media house in that, in that position? Uh, thanks, Chris. Um, it's the objective for any government to ensure that every, if not all sectors remain afloat. And you know about the uh, business roundtable we have, also the different players mm-hmm. in the sector. We media houses have subscribed and members of the Kenya Private Sector Alliance. Mm-hmm. There are several um, X million number of shillings that have actually been put out there as a safety kitty. I'll call it as a safety kitty mm-hmm. to actually support different different sectors. Uh, you mentioned one million dollars. It is definitely a drop in the ocean. Absolutely. If you look at the revenue and the money that's moving around media houses mm. in advertisements, yes. Um, the re- the research that I read last, I think the government and uh, Safaricom are just competing, you know, as among the top advertisers in the country today. Mm. And trust me, that's millions and millions of dollars plus plus, mm. you know. So this is basically a safety kitty, and I don't think in any way it's gonna influence the objectivity of a media house. Mm. Remember. Uh, this is looking at it from a business perspective. Mm-hmm. The business for media houses is the news, but there's also the business for media houses, which is business, mm-hmm. yeah, which is to make money. These they are shareholders. Yeah. 
you know, their shareholders, their investors. Mm. You know, you've bought perhaps into shares of our media houses, yeah. of, of media houses. So I, I consider this as a safety net. I consider this as an opportunity to actually ensure that media houses stay afloat. Yeah. And remember, um, government is not there to uh, go into media houses, like mm. uh, kind of going to the business of media. Mm. No, the government is there to facilitate media houses to their business. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I know there's always this finger pointing that uh, uh, media houses exist to expose the rot in government. It's not always <laughs> rot. Mm. You know, I mean, there's positive stories. And let me speak because I'm in inside government right now in terms of like being at the delivery unit, mm. you know. There are beautiful stories to be told. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've gone around this country I've seen like new projects come up. I've seen um, the present launch projects and the local community being very passionate about. Mm. But hey, guess what? Those stories are not, quote, sexy enough for the press to actually cover. And which makes sense because the audience is not keen on that. Mm. The audience just wants to know, hey, uh, who's going to be the next president? No, I think think what's what's evident is that um, media... Is it, a, is it a crossroads where yeah. we're seeing content, the user experience and technology are converging? Yeah. So media houses that are not thinking about the consumer mm-hmm. and, and actually talking about the customer and how the customer is going to receive the information and actually taking time to understand the customer, they're going to be in trouble. True. Uh, we're talking about the user experience. Yeah. So I want to receive my news the way I want to receive it. True. Give it to me in the channel that I, that I prefer. Yeah. We're talking about technology and the use of technology and, and which technology is relevant yeah. for the particular uh, scenario. What do you see the journalists of today need to be doing to, 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 to sustain themselves? And what do media houses need to be doing as well? Wow. Thanks, Chris. Uh, let's start from the journalist who's in school. Mm. Oh, my God. I really feel for them. Because they feel going very in. many people. <laughs> this, is a, this is a feelings podcast. It's a it's a feelings session. Welcome oh, to the feelings session. But 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 it goes back to what I told you. I mean, being a HR guy, yeah. I'm keen about people development, right. and maybe it shows in my in 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 in, in my in my speech. And it shows it in my dressing as well. <laughs> so um, you know, I, I love people, and I love to see them succeed. Yeah. And, and I think uh, maybe perhaps somewhere in my life, I'll still go back into headhunting, mm-hmm. you know, and people development. Mm-hmm. So here goes, because I give a lot of career talks mm. and um, I was recently privileged to just complete my global MBA program at the United States International University, mm. where I was relating a lot with the students, right. both in the master's level and in the graduate level, because we'd give talks to them as well. Now, they have modules that have not changed for five years ago. Mm. <laughs> Again, I'm not, I'm not particularly speaking about USIE because I've spoken to many journalism mm-hmm. students, um, especially online via Zoom, who mm-hmm. just reach out and say, Laban, can you please mentor me? Uh, then you realize what they're being taught now is perhaps what was taught five, ten years ago. Mm-hmm. So even the lecturers are still teaching archaic ways in journalism. Mm-hmm. So, so what it has you, to change. Yeah. Mm. Number one, it has to change. What does it need to change to? Um, it needs to change with a lot of those fellowships that I mentioned. Like mm-hmm. I told you, three months at Oxford literally was uh, revolutionary, personally. Yeah. So how about Oxford creating a core program mm. with, say, the University of Nairobi, yeah. you know, to be running another fellowship here? 
for those people uh, who cannot afford to go to Oxford, you know, and thankfully with Bincourt Foundation, you know, sponsored me, but they can only give one chance in East Africa mm. for somebody to go, mm. you know. So I was privileged to get that chance in 2018 and then maybe there's another chance next year and stuff like that. Mm. So personally, I feel for the journalist who's in school, please make the internet your friend. Mm-hmm. Make the internet your friend. Please go online, go on Facebook, look at the journalism uh, project, go on Google, look at the news project, go on the international journalism site, look at what the industry leaders are saying about what's going to happen in the future. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Follow them on Twitter, follow them on LinkedIn, uh, like their pages on Facebook. Why? Because you're going to feel your timeline with positive vibes, Mm. you know, and feel your timeline with education. Now, in advent of podcasts, my friend, you don't have to stop, watch, or buy X number of bundles. Or, you know, for just about maybe 100 shillings, you can subscribe to Africa Retooled, mm. you know, and perhaps listen as you do something else. Yeah, as you run. As you run your other business. You cook, yeah. And why I'm saying that is because Nick Newman, um, who was also my very good uh, lecturer at the Oxford University, you know, kind of told us that perhaps we are seeing a rise in the audio, uh, you know, consumption, as we call it, because, you know, like, say, for instance, the UK, between six and seven, you notice a spike mm. mm-hmm. in audio listenership. People on the train. Yeah, people on the train, man. Mm-hmm. So people actually listening because they're like, you know, they have the book. They can still read their books maybe as they listen to your podcast. Mm. So so that tells you something that, hey, between six and seven and eight, nine o'clock, that's the time you need to be out there on air, mm-hmm. you know, for that matter, especially for the live shows. Mm. So for a journalist, for, for a journalist student, please do that. Mm. For someone who's in the newsroom, hit reset. Mm. I'll repeat, hit reset. I'll repeat, hit reset. Because what happens is that you have the facilities. Mm. Let me tell you, I was privileged... Personally, I never used to enjoy Apple products, but I got that in the newsroom. So you have cutting edge technology. Like I kid you not, bro, my my fingers worked so fast. I could cut to I could cut a documentary. Like I'd cut a, a two-minute documentary in like about maybe say 20 minutes. Mm. And this one you're rushing to go on air. You're like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Cut the bite, cut here, cut here, cut here, cut here. Put the name tag, put the name tag, put the sound, put the but it's funny how it explains the typos that we see once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! No, 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 I'm not gonna. Okay, I'm saying about video clips. Right, I didn't talk right. about. I didn't talk about the typos of the name tags. The typos of the name tags are live. They they they're filled in live on air. Okay, you know. But but the the, the video clips, mm. you know, the mm. video clips. Mm. I mean, granted, at times maybe in, in, due to the fatigue and stuff. Yeah. I mean, a few mistakes would go out mm. there. Mm. But Chris, why didn't I do that in my house? Yeah. So some of us learned these skills and you didn't take it up because I could go be a photojournalist perhaps, mm-hmm. take a few clips and then share them on the timeline. Mm. You know, And by the way, attention span is just a minute 30. Mm. One minute, 30 seconds, done. One mm. minute, 30 seconds for the video clips. Right. Because it's been researched. It's like mm. one, two, three. Okay, start with the nice pictures. So to a journalist who's in the newsroom, please hit reset. Try and get that technology. Try and apply it also for your own. So they need to be learning different technologies. Yeah, different you, technologies. You talked about f- photo, uh, video editing. Video editing. Photography. Video, photography. Uh-huh. Um, this is sound like all you need. Perhaps it might not have been so, as sophisticated, perhaps yeah, yeah. as you know the Africa Retool Studio. Mm. It could be as you know recording yourself on your phone. Mm. Yeah. And using iMovie or using one of the 
uh, video Edi- edits, editing software, yeah. editing mm-hmm. software to actually put your product out there. Yeah. To the media owners, <laughs> I'll say now to the fraternity, please come together and talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, please come together and talk. Uh, right now, maybe just that one month alone, uh, the media houses combined uh, must have laid off and potentially are going to lay off approximately over 350 people. That's on top of what they've lo- they've laid off. I'm saying like just one yeah. month alone. Yeah, my goodness. In one month alone. That's so guys, crazy. come together. Yeah. Come together. Yeah. Hey guys, what, what can we do? What can we do? Yeah. Okay, I'm saying we can do like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not any CEO, but <laughs> the board Speaking especially. Prophetically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> soon, soon. But let's, let's, let's start from the board. Mm. Let's start from the board level. Can we just get a bit of energy at the board level mm. to inspire management yes. mm-hmm. and then management can actually inspire their staff and the people under them to create a wave of innovations you know uh, and a wave of opportunities you know to actually kind of psych the journalists into knowing that hey I'm in this media house not just to get my story out mm. but I'm in this media house to make sure that if I don't do my jo- my my job well, this ship will sink, mm. and my colleague is here to do that. Mm. Sorry to say, there is always a bit of, yeah, well, what's what's the chairman gonna say? Okay, this is what's gonna happen. Ah, uh, what's the CEO gonna say? This is gonna happen. What's my editor gonna say? No, and and I have a few friends. Of course, we discuss it. It's industry wide, and 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 especially the guys who've been uh, laid off because we are starting a sharing arrangement. Mm. And thanks to the Baraza Media Lab, who are offering a space. It's a co-working space. For journalists, for as little as a hundred dollars a year, mm. you can just come and sit and just discuss. So, what's the future of media? Yeah. So, so we're inviting, especially the ones who've been uh, laid off, to come out there. Don't sit at home and wallow in the pain. I mean, uh, come come to Baraza. I mean, sit, uh, see how you can actually um, utilize the networks, the opportunities there, and say, hey guys, um, I have this great idea. I'm a good editor. Uh, I'm a good sound engineer. Oh, can we invest in a camera? Yes. Let's create content on YouTube. Out there, you meet the YouTube guy, um, Google guys, the local representative, you know, and just have an opportunity to mm. for partnerships. Mm. You you mentioned something on your on your paper when you talked about the siloed siloed journalists. Uh huh. And and I just talk to that and and what what needs to happen in the future with the journalists? How do we move a journalist who's in the newsroom mm. from thinking they're just print journalists mm. and converting them to a multimedia journalist? Right. Mm-hmm. You get how do we move your mindset from saying, Oh, me, I'm only a TV guy, mm. and saying, Oh, I can actually get on radio. And then and, and maybe perhaps the reason why I'm so passionate about podcasting right now is because I had the opportunity to be on radio, but I did not take it up. Mm-hmm. Because you know what happened? It was like, Oh, those are radio guys, mm-hmm. those are print guys. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, Wait a minute, I can actually do this in my sleep. Why? Because I just need a mic. And like, ladies and gentlemen, these are the news for today. And I could maybe co-anchor a radio show in the morning because my show would only come in at 9 p.m., 9.20 p.m. at night. So how about maybe do a show in the morning, you know, and then from between 7 and 9, and then maybe mid-morning, write an article for the Business Daily or one of the publications, the online publications. In the afternoon, try and look for a story that can go on, on air, cut the story for on-air TV, and then later on, anchor the news. It sounds very easy, right? Mm. But you know, of course, <laughs> it, it's quite hard because that means you'd have woken up at about six o'clock and mm. you may be sleeping at about, I told you I have my dinner, I used to have my dinner at 11 p.m. Mm. So perhaps you're going to bed at about 11 and then you have to wake up another six o'clock and stuff. Mm. 
So what happens right now with journalists in the newsroom, traditional newsroom, I'd say, because I know some newsrooms have changed. Others are also investing in new spaces, mm-hmm. you know. So right now, the world has changed. Yeah. Please move from your siloed approach to journalism mm-hmm. to becoming a multimedia journalist. Right. Any parting shot? Wow. Uh, first of all, I, 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 I'm really, really glad that you guys had the opportunity to host me today. And it's actually, uh, as I speak, I'm also speaking to myself. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, uh, what can we do? What can I do? And I'm not just saying that, oh, I went to Oxford or I did this research and it's just sitting there and I'm doing nothing about it. In my own small way, I'm trying also to help out um, journalists like seeing their strengths because I know some of the journalists who are let go, they have very good strengths and we're trying to see how we can even absorb them into um, the spaces we're in. Um, say, for instance, you know, trying out like you're a very good education reporter. How do we bring you in? You're a very good uh, a legal reporter. How do we bring you in? It might be even for just consultancy levels and stuff. And um, I am hopeful and I'm very hopeful of the future ahead. Um, Chris and Martin, I'll tell you confidently, like I've just witnessed a new studio rebuilt. Mm-hmm. You can imagine. Why would you invest in a new studio? Why Why would you actually do something that's really out there? Uh, it means that people are actually seeing an investment there. Mm-hmm. Um, we are going to see another maybe audio studio perhaps coming up in very many spaces. We're seeing a rise in events. Mm. You know, like we mentioned about Podfest, we're seeing mm-hmm. a rise in the events. I mentioned about the International Journalism Festival, mm-hmm. which are oversubscribed. So you tell me, okay, wait a minute. Yes, there's COVID, I mean, a crisis, but why is it that some people are taking the risk in the crisis? Mm-hmm. You know, so it tells you that deep down, deep down, there's just something that's about going to happen. I feel like we're in a bit of a rut. Some might call it a trough because it's too deep for them. But the the end is nigh. The end is nigh. And I'm really, really hopeful of how things would go. You know, and I'm saying this and just giving encouragement to the people who are out there in the newsrooms, uh, giving encouragement to the senior leadership in you know, media organizations that um, things are going to look up. Things are going to look up. It's just to steer the ship in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Value your people. Keep them close. Um, to the industry players, uh, to the viewers, to the listeners, you know, to the readers. It's also come out, come out, mm. you know. Mm. Come on, man. Don't talk about the mistakes on air. Mm. Write an article, mm. you know, and share your article to those guys and let them speak. Yeah. Because we realize some people have very good ideas, but they sit on them. Yeah. So citizen journalism. If you're out there, you're listening. I mean, you've always wanted to start a podcast, please go ahead and do it. Mm. You always wanted to write an article because I got some, I got, I always get calls and like, Lapan, could you please help me get in touch with X Media Houses? And I'm like, okay, wait, um, you know, you can actually publish this on Facebook mm. and for as little as 500 or as little as 1,000, you can advertise it. Advertise it. Yeah. And uh, perhaps Daily Nation, Standard Group, People Daily, Editor, we look at it and say, wow, this is a really nice story. Who is the writer? And there you have it. You start mm-hmm. becoming a contributor with one of the top publications. Mm-hmm. It can be magazines. Their corporates are doing magazines, online newsletters and stuff like that. Thank you, Laban. And folks out there, you've heard it. If you need more information about the Baraza Media Lab, feel free to reach out uh, to us at African Retooled on all the social media platforms 
or write into africanretooled at gmail.com. We'll be sure to give you more information on, on any of these. And if you are an institution and you, you've listened to this podcast and you have programs that you feel uh, journalists might be able to, to um, benefit from through this time, please reach out to us. Um, we'll, we'll find a way of getting this information to the people who need it the most. Thank you, Laban, once again. Thank you very much, uh, Chris and Martin, for having me. Appreciate it. And uh, next time, I think I'll be interviewing you in the future of HR. Very good. <laughs> We're ready. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. Thank you for listening in. Go ahead now and subscribe to African Retooled on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or your favorite podcast directory. We're excited to hear from you. Send your comments and questions to africanretooled at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter and Instagram on African Retooled. Until then, keep learning, keep growing, keep retooling.